Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages 6 and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as Math, How Smart Is That?, is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. And while kids will enjoy the stories anchored around characters like troublesome trolls, pirate queens, and mysterious aunts, adults can benefit too. I admittedly delighted in learning a thing or two about Pythagoras and triangles in one episode. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code-breaking, pattern-solving, and more, all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, your host, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you will come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Hello, Edit Your Life friends. Happy New Year. I am just so excited to be here. Obviously, this is a huge shift, uh, not having Asha on the mic with me, but here I am. As I said in our last episode of the year of 2021, when Asha and I were in conversation for the last time, I just feel like I have a lot more to share, a lot more to talk about with people. I already, in the first week or so of the new year, am brimming with ideas based on conversations with you. So I just want to say straight up, thank you for being here. Thanks for coming back and uh, sticking with the show, even with Asha's departure. I have a lot of great things in store for you for this year, uh, solo conversations, as well as really amazing guest interviews. So I wanted to start this year, obviously habits and goals are in people's minds. And actually, today's episode is inspired by a listener ask. You may recall that in advance of Asha's departure, I had administered a survey to both get people's thoughts about what they wanted to say to Asha, as well as to collect some ideas for what people wanted to hear me talk about. And one thing that somebody asked was for me to talk about habits that I have started and continue to follow in order to help me achieve my goals. So just to set this conversation up, I want to say that I'm actually not a traditional goal setter. This might be surprising to people, but I I just am not. I, I tend to be much more of a gut thinker. I do like to set targets, but I am also okay with flexibility. For example, um, you know, some people, if you're following me on Instagram, you'll know that I have been doing the yoga with Adrian January 30 day uh, practice for the last few years, but I am definitely the sort of person who I need to set up some flexibility in order to set myself up for success. So 
I understand that some people need a very specific and regimented practice in order to not fall off the wagon. So for example, doing 30 days of yoga in a row. But for me, not allowing any flexibility whatsoever is what makes me not want to do something or not follow through. So in this example, I'm doing the 30 days of yoga. I'm just not necessarily doing them in a row. I will probably realistically, I've already missed a day by the time I'm recording this. I know I'm definitely going to miss a few days later in January for some um, other adventures. So I anticipate I probably will finish that practice um, maybe the first week of February, and that's okay. The point is to make it through the journey. So I just want to share that example in order to set up a baseline of understanding both for people who need the regimented structure of something that happens um, with goals and also for those like me who need a little more flexibility. So there are a few things that have helped shape my thinking for this episode. Uh, One of them is over the winter break, I had a wonderful conversation that should be live on the Mom Hour by the time this show airs, and I will link it in the show notes. The conversation was with Sarah Powers and Sarah Hart Unger. And it was all about planning, and it was such a fascinating conversation to have, just both about digital and paper-type planning and goals in general. So that conversation definitely informed my thinking for today, as well as some personal ruminations I've had about 2022 and reentry. And the thoughts really resonated with people on Instagram, and I will link that post up in the show notes as well. So yes, I have a lot of thoughts. I have some specific tips I'm going to share uh, to get us going, and I guess I will dive right in. So my first recommendation, and this is something that came out of that Instagram post that I will link up, but when you're thinking about goals, I want to recommend that you connect one, more would be better, but one would be great, Um, your goals to something joyful and life-giving versus being about self-flagellation or a sense of shoulds related to productivity. So just to give you an example to set this context, at the end of December, I decided I wanted to start a personal free writing exercise. I'll be sharing more about this soon, probably, actually. But the idea was I had just read Stephen King's On Writing. Apparently, I'm like the last person in the universe who has read this book, but I, I read it. I loved it. He was talking about the joy of writing and the necessity to write regularly. And that really resonated with me. I love writing, but I've definitely last year for sure was writing on the clock a lot and not with any daily routine. He was recommending writing 2000 words a day, which I tried over a weekend. And that was really hard to do. (laughs) I mean, obviously writing is his full-time job. I have another full-time job. So I decided to shoot for 1000 words a day and it has been such a deeply life-giving practice that I just feel joyful. I feel fulfilled. It is teaching me a lot about myself. I have been sharing about this daily journey in Instagram stories and have received a number of questions about it, actually. So I am going to take the time to share more in a separate episode. I think about the daily practice of writing, but also in the context of self-directed challenges, because that's where a lot of the questions are coming coming from. So anyway, stay tuned for more on that. I'm really excited about that. My second recommendation is to lean into vulnerability where necessary and ask for help. Last year, a lot of people 
asked me about my somewhat unexpected, it really was unexpected, (laughs) success writing for major media outlets. And the reason I say it was unexpected and wasn't even really a goal of mine was that um, I'm sure I've talked about it a couple of times on this show, but if you're new to this, I had set a goal that I wanted to try to place one major media byline last year. I had never done it before. I had never pitched a story. I didn't know any editors. I didn't know anything about it. And that's a little daunting. And so I decided to be vulnerable and ask for help. And I want to clarify and say this was not me asking for a free pass or asking a friend to call in a favor without seeing whether I could do what I wanted to do. Um, So specifically, I had decided I had an idea for a piece, but I had no idea kind of where to go with that after beyond writing it. So I reached out to a friend and said I had an idea and I said, I'd like to write the piece. And would you be willing to do two things for me? One is read it and be honest with me. And if you like it, if you don't like it, just say so, that's fine. Uh, But if you do like it, would you be willing to introduce me to one of your editors? And that was a really big vulnerable ask for me because I feel like it puts a lot of pressure on the other person. I mean, what if she had hated it? Or what if she thought it was okay, but really didn't want to make the intro? Um, She had to respond to me like, or she didn't have to, but the onus was on her to respond. So anyway, that, that was, that's not usually my strong point. And it was, ended up being a really wonderful relationship deepener. It worked out as well as I could have possibly expected. She really loved the piece. She had a couple of recommendations, but she did end up brokering that intro. And then just the way the universe played out, it ended up uh, breaking out into a lot of other things and different outlets. And I think, I don't know, probably close to 20 pieces instead of one last year. So that vulnerability, though, was a really important part of that story. And I never want anyone to think that the success that happened, those kinds of successes happen in a silo. They most definitely do not. Okay. My third recommendation is as you're thinking about 2022, you know, this episode is going live January 13th. It's mid-January. You're probably still feeling the initial fire. Well, there are many fires happening, but perhaps the initial fire of uh, the new year. But I just want to recommend that you treat this year for what it is. It is a marathon, not a sprint. I would say this any year, but especially given what we are all going through, it's a lot. So one of the things I shared about in this Instagram post I referenced on 2022 reentry was that I think that whatever you can do to take the pressure off yourself, but still move forward is a good thing. So specifically, I had recommended perhaps identify one to three essential things that you might need to get done in a day. And otherwise, think about the idea of your to-dos across the span of the week. I actually think I heard this initial concept from my friend Juliana Minor, who's been a a guest on this show. And actually, yes, I I think that is correct. And I had been interviewing her for an article about uh, that I read for CNN about perimenopause. And one of her coping tactics was to think about things across a time span So you don't beat yourself up if you have a really bad day and you struggle and you have those degrees of freedom for grace. So thank you, Juliana. I just realized the original origin of that idea. 
And then the other thing I wanted to recommend in this realm is to jot down priorities for a given month or maybe even in terms of quarters of the year, depending on what you're working on. Just because I think obviously some things take more time than other things. And so it's really important to kind of have a more general arc to what you're doing, again, depending on what the goal is. But my basic point is this idea that you need to crush everything tomorrow, time and energy just do not work like that. And so I would just encourage us all like to not do that. (laughs) All right. Well, I have more thoughts on goals and habits, and we're going to continue that conversation after the break. Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Okay, friends, I'm back. And this back half of the episode, I'm going to get practical. I love practical. You know that. I started out big picture and getting practical now. So one of the things I wanted to recommend was to look at the tools that are already working for you and see how you might use them to help you with your habits and goals. Um, They might all already be working great, or you might identify that there are some tweaks and some adjustments that you can make to optimize things even further. Um, For me, I've started, I, anybody who's heard me talk knows I love Google calendar. I love Todoist for my to-do apps. Uh, But one thing I've been doing actually is blocking out time in my calendar for projects. Normally, time on my calendar is reserved for meetings. 
Um, but now I've started doing some blocking around projects so that I have focused time to think about things. And that has been really, really helpful. Related to this, the next thing I wanted to recommend was to try something different. In the episode on the mom hour with Sarah and Sarah, I shared about how one of the things I was going to be experimenting with this year was capacity planning for myself. And that is not something normally I'm really tuned to do. I just kind of, in the episode, I believe I referred to it, my style as being more like looking at a sea of pins in front of me and just knocking them down and keeping my head focused on those granular to-dos. But based on some other work stuff that's been happening in my life, I have a clearer sense of how to allocate my time. And so it's really interesting, actually, what I have been doing since the new year started and really loving is I look at Todoist as my granular pins repository. So I'll wake up and there may be anywhere from 30 to 60 to-dos on it. I know it's a lot. Um, But then I'll actually use my paper journal as the very high level time blocking exercise. And I, it started out to be a really boring looking to do sort of checkbox, but just like a few to do's. And now I'm trying to like evolve it and get a little more creative and not with a ton of doodling, but just, I don't know, playing with a little bit more. So it's been a really cool tactile exercise and also a better integration of high level planning in service of knocking down those pins. And I really love it. So I want to thank Sarah and Sarah for that conversation on the mom hour, because I think that really helped me think a little bit more about paper. And I will say that my handwriting isn't as awful as I have always said it is, perhaps because I have a better pen. Who knows? (laughs) It's the little things, right? Okay. Next, I know that all of us are going to have any number of goals, but I really want to encourage you to set a goal or develop a habit that has something to do with your wellness. Obviously, I love professional goals. They're great. It's great to like try to be better at things and develop skills. But as I mentioned in that 2022 reentry Instagram post, I have never heard about so many stress-induced woes as I have over the course of this pandemic, present company included. I actually, a few days later, uh, I'll link this post up as well, but I wrote a little micro essay about one of my outstanding physical problems, which is this shoulder problem, and how I realized how my approach to suffering and pain is deeply rooted in anger. So part of my wellness practice right now has been to shift my approach to suffering to be one of acceptance instead of anger. And I want to point out, I write about this, uh, I think pretty clearly, but I don't mean acceptance in the sense of being resigned about it and being like, oh, well, that's just the way it is. This sucks. But acceptance in the form of, I see you, I hear you shoulder. (laughs) I see you have something you want to communicate with me. Let's work together on this. And I think it is a really important shift and obviously is a lot kinder to myself than sort of yelling at myself in angry tones internally, which is what I've done to date. So whatever it is that your habit might be or a goal that you have, I just 
specifically want to encourage it to be in the wellness space because I know everybody is struggling so much. I've had so many conversations about it. And I really feel like our bodies, they are the ultimate barometer. They are the thing we are in touch with every day. Hopefully (laughs) they are the thing that keeps us going. And if we want to keep going in service of other things in our lives and other relationships, we just really, really need to address our own wellness. It's something that cannot be ignored. Um, Yeah. Okay. And then the last main thing I wanted to talk about is that I think it is really important as we think about the things we're going to do this year, the goals we want to go after, the habits we want to use to sort of inform our lives and our goals and to just generally make us feel more human (laughs) is to really look at those small daily actions that will make a big difference in your well-being. I have talked about this before. I will beat this drum until the day I die because I really and truly believe that it is these small actions and moments in life that have just such a huge impact. So just to share a few examples for things that make a big difference for me. I mean, I think there are, there's kind of the all, the very important, both of these things are important, but there's the very important thing of identifying the things that you can do yourself, like with, you know, that are right around you, because those will be the most immediately accessible to you. So for me, One of the smallest but like biggest impact things is setting up my coffee the night before. So all I have to do is press on the next morning. This is a 15 second action. And I'm not kidding. If I forget to do it the next morning, I'm like Charlie Brown with the head down, like feeling super sad about life. (laughs) And if I every day, every more every night when I do remember to do it, which really is most most nights because it has such a huge payoff when I wake up and I press boop and get that coffee going, I have, I start with a smile every single day. I just, I'm so happy about that cup of coffee because I only drink coffee in the morning. Another thing, small daily action is I read in bed at night. Oftentimes I fall asleep. I have a real need for sleep. So sometimes I don't last that long, but reading in bed and ending the day with words and stories is such a life-giving thing. Even if it's just five or 10 minutes related to that sleep, I really need eight hours of sleep to function nine if I'm really living my best life. So sleep is a huge priority. I'm usually in bed between 9.30 and 10, and it's great. <laughs> I already mentioned yoga. That's a thing that has been um, making a big difference for me. I actually also just added, or I'm trying to add, as of the time of this recording, um, this 15-minute Qigong practice that my sister, who is a wellness practitioner, uh, she sent sent it to me for energy flow because I was talking about perhaps like energy blockage in my shoulder. And I've really been liking it. I do it. I've been doing it. I've only done it like three days, but um, by the time I'm recording this, but I do it towards the end of or at the end of the workday. So after I've been spending all this time on the keyboard. So that has been really wonderful. Another uh, two more things that I can do just on my own that bring me a lot of joy. Queer Eye, new season, it's up. And comfy clothes. I, I've i just been like leaning in, snuggly wool socks, 
fleece lined pants, elastic waistbands for life. I mean, are you going anywhere? I'm not. So (laughs) it's working. Hi there. I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you you listen to your podcasts. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Um, and then beyond those immediate things that you can do on your own, on your own time, by yourself, whatever, obviously relationships are going to be everything uh, or they are everything and they will continue to be the things that help sustain you. So even if it's a quick text with a friend or um, you know a video chat, I wanted to share actually something that happened over the holiday, a little realization about that I had about myself with my family of origin relationships is that I love my, I come from a big family. I'm one of seven siblings. Uh, My mom is alive and I love her and, and not, but I really struggle with group family gatherings. Not it, it, this is not just a pandemic thing. I've always struggled with sort of low level, like chit chat. It's just, it's, I find it very exhausting. It must be an introvert thing. So what I experimented with over the holidays, I didn't even kind of realize I was doing it. I just did it. And then I was like, wow, that worked out great. Was that I did connect in a safe way with a small uh, subset of my family the day after Christmas. Uh, I actually only had like an hour, an hour and a half because I had some other things going on related to holidays and, and family and things. Um, so that was the group thing and it was fine, but it was definitely more of a like chit chatty type scenario. But, um, following that I set up time and I made some phone calls and did some individual video chats with siblings one-on-one. And even though logistically that was more time spent, 
you know, on ha- having all these one-on-ones versus one group gathering, which seems much more of the Christine co-efficiency model. It was so energizing and loving and deeply connecting. And so it was very eye-opening for me. Like I think clearly in some relationships, especially those family relationships, it is, it just makes more sense for me to um, take the time to do individual or very, very small group, like one or two people type engagements um, because it fills me up with energy and um, is just a lot more meaningful. So I wanted to share that example because it really doesn't make sense from a time perspective, but it makes all the sense for just a life perspective. So those are my thoughts. I I guess I will do a Your Next Edit, my first one solo. And it's a little radical, but let's get radical. Like what else are we going to do while we are amidst the current dumpster fire? So what I would like you to do is this. If you have set up some goals or habits for this coming year, I want you to really take a good look at them. And if one or more of them stick out as shoulds for you, that you are dreading, you're not psyched about, you put them on because you feel like, well, I really, this is something I should do, or somebody told me I should do it, or whatever, throw it out. Or even just start and take the baby step to consider throwing about throwing it out, and then return to it and throw it out. Super radical, but listen, this is your life to live. <laughs> You're driving this bus. You can set up your goals, you, but you can also adjust them. And that is a wonderful thing. All right, friends, you will find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources and related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. And as ever, I truly would love to hear your thoughts and questions. Come say hello on Instagram or Facebook at Edit Your Life Show, or you can send me an email at edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. I also would be super grateful if you would drop Edit Your Life a review on Apple Podcasts or tell a pod-loving friend about the show. Thanks for listening and joining me for this first episode of 2022. I appreciate you. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.